Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. Jeff, it's time for some Spider-Man talk. Let's talk Spider-Man. Let's dive into some Spider-Man feedback. We got nothing but Spider-Man. Spoiler so, alerts for everything Spider-Man oh yeah. related, Spoiler obviously. alert for everything Spider-Man and probably everything else, because then we'll probably get into some how this relates to this or that. Uh, yeah. So if you're not current on everything in the MCU, piss off. No, that, that that's probably that not rude? fair. We'll mostly just be talking Spider Man. Okay, <laughs> okay. So go watch Spider Man, and you can you can come back <laughs> if right. you haven't watched it already. All right, all right, all right. So Omar Omali has said to us on Facebook, "I've gone silent for a few reasons. Finished the second chapter on my own book called Power Star. Tried to stay away from the spoilers as best I could, and wanted to form my own opinion on the new Spidey before I dive into your review or any other. So here's my spoilerish thoughts. I loved it." First and foremost, it is the best Spidey entry so far. Holland captures both Pete's and Spidey's essences, and he looks the part. I love the dad twist, but I felt it was uh, first just on the spot. Uh, Did we hear Liz's surname to be Alan? Is she Liz Toombs? Uh, Keaton didn't chew scenery. He exquisitely nibbled at it and gave a strong and chilling performance, especially the car-slash-revelation scene. I need a Funko Pop Iron Spider suit, and I hope we will get Peter in it at some point. Uh, Aaron Davis and Matt Gargan just opened up my appetite, and I need the rest of this trilogy right now. (laughs) It's getting too long to read on air, so I'll cut it here. Big love! Omer, smiley face emoji. P.S. Hated the shaky cam. Some scenes almost felt like Michael Bay shot them. Didn't like the Michelle MJ reveal it wasn't clever. Uh, Wife didn't like the movie that much, lol. (laughs) <laughs> dang all the negatives right there at the end it's, it's a, like p.s uh, i hated it like, p.s what? all the bad things um <laughs> no that's good i, I like that uh it's hey cool power star by the way we'll have to keep a look out for that uh that book let us know omer um yeah so all that's good uh we I, did he, did they ever say liz allen or was it just liz in the uh. movie the credits said Liz Allen, but I don't know that they ever spoke. Did they? The name. Yeah. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, cool. I, 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 I just assumed it'd probably be Liz Toombs. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I was thinking back on it. I was rolling through the movie in my head because, you know, I do that. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember. I'm going to have to go watch it again. Yeah. And he's totally right about Keaton. Oh, no. Keaton is... Keaton made the movie to me. As much as I enjoyed Spider-Man, and as much as Tom Holland was wonderful, Keaton gave the movie stakes. He's just such a great villain. And he brought that gravitas. <laughs> he did bring that gravitas. It's so true. He brought it. He brought it hard. So true. I mean... Anyway, <clears throat> Omer also said, We were afraid Tony might give Peter the famous quote of power and responsibility. Here's how I think it should go. Peter can quote his deceased Uncle Ben as to why he wants to be an Avenger to Tony. Tony has a very impressed look. When he introduces Spidey as a new Avenger, he exclaims, With great power, there must also come great responsibility. Like he just came up with it on the spot. Big smiley face. As much as I love RDJ's Iron Man, I still dislike the flawed character at its core. I just don't like that type, i.e. Batman. Boo. Hashtag Team Cap. LOL. Dot, dot, dot. Peace and love. Omer. Interesting. I, you know... 
as much as I, again, love watching RDJ as Iron Man, he's right. I still don't like Tony Stark in a way, like, <laughs> as a person that I would be want to be around and be, uh, you know, in the same room with or whatever. Uh, I, you know, sometimes I just want to punch you in your perfect teeth. I know he never said, with great power comes great responsibility. And I do think a lot of people were really ragging on this movie for not having Uncle Ben in it. And I'm just like... You can't have it both ways. Yeah, you, you can't. I know you can't want to not have the origin story and then like rag on it for not talking about Uncle Ben. And I think he could reference. They could have had a nice mention of Uncle Ben. That'd been fine. Yeah, uh, they 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 act like because we didn't see it, it doesn't exist in this universe. I just assume that stuff happened. Yeah, he still got the line from his uncle. He just hasn't said it. And in 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 Civil War, he says, um, "If you can do what I if do, you can do what I do, and you don't." And the and bad, bad things, things happen, happen. They happen because of you. Yeah, that's with that. That is with great power comes great responsibility. That's just a fifteen-year-old way of saying it. Yeah, <laughs> and I, th- I, th- I think he he took what his uncle said to heart, and he has reprocessed it, and he said it in his own way. Uh, and I thought that was great. I thought that was a well, well, good way of doing it. And so far, I, I think they still have the possibility of like doing having actually say it later, but. Well, I mean, he did mention, you know, do you want to do this to Aunt May after all that she's been through? Um, I yeah. think that... Oh, yeah. I, I totally think he means the death of her husband. Yeah. yeah. In that scene. Um, I think that um, the principal could have said something to him. Like, when he was saying, like, you're a good kid, get out of here. I, I think that he should have probably extrapolated a little bit on that. Like, you're a good kid. You just had some rough times recently, you know, with your Uncle Ben passing etc like just whatever yeah. little just a little added line for that and then just be like i think i think it was kid. a good balance I, I think they could have mentioned uncle ben at some point like it could have been easy to like have aunt may say it at some point like yeah you know what ben would have said or like whatever mm, i don't know about that you, you, no, that i'm seems, not saying that seems too hammy no i'm not saying like in a sweet moment i'm saying like um like could have had a girl in his room and be like you know Ben would have never let you have the door open or something like that. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't have to be like a hammy or sweet or with a great power comes great responsibility moment. It could just be Ben mentioned. They mentioned that the three of them used to always go to the same Chinese restaurant. You know, like it could have just been like, um, whatever. Uncle Ben loved Larb. It could have been that Uncle Ben knew that store owner. Like that store owner could have said... I heard about your uncle. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. man. Like something like that could have been something small in the side of the. But they never mentioned Ben. It was kind of weird, kind of absent. But mm. I don't mind it. it I, does, I it didn't all... miss it. I didn't miss it. Yeah, I didn't. Honest. I didn't either. Uh, Michael Kapsk said, uh, Cab said to us on Facebook. I assume the next Spider-Man is still going to be set in high school since PP Peter Parker was 15 in this movie. That means the actor will be in his 20s. That is correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's better than a 30-year-old playing a high schooler. Which I think we've had in the past. We did. Andrew Garfield was 30. Was he 30 in the first one? I think he was 30 or 31 in the first one. Wow. Yeah. They've, you know, and he looked fine to me. I know... I, I watched 90210 when I was growing up, so all those high schoolers were like in their 30s. <laughs> you know, he felt real Dawson's Creek to me. <laughs> we talked about that on Breaking the Panel this past oh, week. Yeah. yeah. That, those what, exact words. Yeah. He felt real Dawson's Creek. All those, you know, for a while there in media, it just like we, we just accepted that high schoolers could look like whatever age. <laughs> 
It just didn't really matter. I and to be honest, I do think it's kind of messed me up. Like I don't know that I know what a high schooler looks like. Yeah, I don't when know what I a see, high schooler looks like either. I see Peter Parker as like Tom Holland as Peter Parker. I'm like, isn't he a bit young? Yeah, exactly. He's when little. I, when I see real high schoolers in real life, yeah. I'm like, those are children. Those are children. Those are preschoolers, right? Like, I really like have a problem. Yep. When I see kids. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Brian V. Klein said to us on Facebook in a comment, uh, it was awesome. Tom Holland is a perfect Peter Parker. This movie combines the humor, teenage slash high school drama, and superhero stuff so well. I thought Tony Stark slash Iron Man was just, just right. Uh, there were a few times I could have seen him coming in to save Spidey, but he didn't because this is a Spider-Man movie, not an Iron Man movie. And the major revelation that you guys mentioned first in the spoiler portion of your podcast made me audibly gasp. Also, I hooted a bit when Donald Glover's character mentioned his nephew. Can't wait to go back and see it again this weekend. <laughs> yeah, oh, we mentioned it on yesterday's cast about a couple of moments where Iron Man could have shown up. The part where he's covered in debris, I seriously expected Iron Man. Because Iron Man had shown up in two of his other, like, when things got too big for Peter to handle, Iron Man had swooped in. Yeah. And when he didn't swoop in and he wasn't coming, and I realized he'd taken the tracker out of his suit, there was no way for him to even know where he was. He didn't even have that oh, that's suit right. at that point. Totally different suit. Um, There's just no way he could come. And I was just like, well, he's got to rely on himself. And it was such a great moment. Yep. Wow. Come on, Spider-Man. Come on, Spider-Man. Come on, Spider-Man. I haven't started saying that yet, but I've thought about it. <laughs> Mostly because I've been lifting heavy. Well, I've been lifting the same weight that I lifted last week, but I've been doing more reps, and it's right. been very surprising this week. I'm like, oh my god, have I gotten that much stronger? Like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, man, you're so swole. Can't you tell? Look at these mm, bounce grapes off of these picks. <laughs> Uh, Enivius Rayside said to us, I loved it from top to bottom. I had worried that the trailers had given too much away. Nope. There was still so much to enjoy. A great mix of coming of age, teen comedy, and superhero action. Can't wait to watch it again. Totally that seems yeah. to be the, the major thing that we're getting here is, can't wait to watch it again. Have you seen it again? I have not. I haven't either. I really want to, though. It is, it is the... And that's... We talk about all the time like what what makes a successful movie and what makes these movies really make the money and what gives them legs. And this one is fun to watch. Yep. Uh, just like Guardians 2, I saw it twice uh, because it was super fun to watch. And this one I will see twice at least. Um, I just haven't had a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Been a Same. busy week. It's going to be real busy. And next week's my first week in the studio for my new album. Yep. Um, Good luck. It's, thanks, man. It's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a lot of work, uh, but I'm really hoping that it comes out. I believe good. in you. I'm spending a lot of money and trying to make it good, but yeah, people, it, it's so expensive to make an album. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna add on the uh, "She Just Wants Me for My Body" song, right? Yeah, we're recording it on Thursday. Yes. Yeah, love that song. Thanks, man. It's my, it's my jam. We'll, uh, well, it's, hopefully, it's I'll basically have... me. <laughs> <laughs> that song is about me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, that's what I wrote it about. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll have an actual recording. I mean, the album should be coming out in like November, but hopefully, this Thursday, I'm going to have a preliminary recording in a professional studio of that song. And it, that's that's the oldest one I'm recording on the whole album. Uh, most of this album stuff I've written this year. Okay. Uh, that's because I haven't done an album since I made that song. It's never been on an album, so I'm excited to actually put it on there. <laughs> um, really excited. 
All right, so back to Spider-Man stuff. Quit plugging. God. Rude. <laughs> I wait. If you can plug your pecs, I can plug my... I can talk about my album. I can plug <laughs> my pecs into your album. I don't know what I, I meant by that. I don't think I liked that. I want to bounce your album off my chest. That <laughs> sounds real weird. It really does. Yo, I'm weird. Set to us on Twitter. Adam Cucas. The worst thing about Homecoming is honestly Sony's marketing. Other than that, MJ's role was dumb and the eight years was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I, I like I like his. Uh, everybody else is giving it praise. I like that uh, Johan was just like, "Here's the negative stuff, just right up front." Uh, this was dumb. Uh, li- you know, uh, the worst thing being the marketing is not that bad. What do you think of the MJ thing? She's not Mary Jane. I agree. No, I don't, I don't think she's Mary Jane. He, no, it's not an Feige agree or said, disagree kind of thing. It's Feige said she's not Mary Jane. They thought they were just being clever because she had M as her as her first initial. You know, Michelle. They were like, oh, we could make her initials MJ and just be real cute, and we're so clever. And then that became a big thing that like she had to to navigate away from that in interviews and like work around that and be like, oh, I'm not Mary Jane. I'm this other character called Michelle. And it was just this this big minefield that they laid down accidentally. Yeah. She's not Mary Jane Watson. She's not. She's not Mary Jane Watson. Let's move on. Yeah, but they get, they've cast her. They seem like they might make her a love interest in the future. Eh. Uh, maybe. Uh, and they're naming her MJ. I feel like they might be replacing Mary Jane Watson in this universe with Michelle, whatever. Uh, and I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Hmm. And and the fact that they felt like they had to call her MJ, I don't know. I don't love it. I don't love that that thing either. And I think Johan here continues on with that, actually. <laughs> uh, he says, also, didn't they say in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that S.H.I.E.L.D. cleaned up the Battle of New York, like, with Thor The Dark World? That messes up Vulture's story. Expanding on MJ, I think her attraction to Peter was done in a bad way. Her talking politics didn't feel right. And then naming her Michelle... I thought her talking politics felt fine, just because she's she's a kiddo. Uh, she's a, she, I, I don't know. She's, she's a child. Children do weird things. Uh, like 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 uh, these days, uh, being being woke about politics and stuff is like important. Did you and just say very, being uh, woke? I did say being woke. Oh my god! I didn't I didn't even say it as a joke that time. I just said you it. You didn't say it ironically. No, I was straight up. Dude, that's straight lit up. AF. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm saying. But about speaking about um, Agents of Shield connection, I just assume that Damage Control works closely with Shield because <laughs> I figured Damage they Control must. was like a subsect of Shield. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. Like they, they, we saw them doing a lot of logistics, we, we, and also they pulled guns at one point. Yeah. Which made me think they were just Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I think Damage Control might just be another front of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> uh, I know it didn't say that, uh, but but also, if that's the case... It was strategic logistics. If that's the case, all that stuff's just being shipped over to Hydra, though. Yeah. That, that, big, that big base full of stuff is just a Hydra location full of... Uh, goodies. Goodies, yeah. Junk. So that's no good. Rummage sales. That ain't that ain't great. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to have a yard sale of like... No, they're probably Oh not. my gosh, the Ultron head was one of my favorite moments in the movie. Because <laughs> like, Peter cool. pulls it out like, oh, well, cool, neat. 
throws it to the side. Like, doesn't even care. Ultron. So funny. Dude, that thing is going to kill you. Get out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jeffrey James said to us, excellent cast for a truly excellent movie. You know what? Thank you. Uh, Probably the best comic book movie villain ever. Spoilers! I love the way that Keaton's character had a little bit of Sopranos vibe to him, even when he was just doing the cleanup at the beginning. Here are some high points you didn't mention. One, the symphonic version of the old Spider-Man song. Yeah. That's true. We didn't mention that in the uh, in the Marvel scroll, like their new logo, yeah. Marvel Studios logo thing. They had the Spider-Man theme mixed in with that. But also, in the IMAX release, they changed the uh, the countdown, like the ticker countdown. Oh, yeah. They changed that to be all Spider-Man themed that was in awesome. the IMAX release. It was so cool. Uh, let's see. Number two said the restroom scene with Happy Hogan. Which was really funny. It was really funny. I didn't yeah. find it to be a high point. I just thought it was really cute. Like, is Mr. Stark here in the bathroom? No. God, no. He's he's upstate. Uh, let's see. Number three, Betty Brant played, uh, playing the high school TV reporter. Possible future love interest. Yeah. We did. We did forget to mention that. Um, I thought that that was funny um, that they kind of showed her, especially as like cheesily as they had those kids acting. How they, you know, it was obviously they were reading, obviously they were reading cue cards yeah. and, and just not, uh, not being great news reporters. Yeah. That was super, that was a lot of fun. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. And she's a journalist in the comics, right? I believe so. I think so. The main thing that I remember about her is that Ned Leeds falls in love with her and then whole love triangle happens, Peter Parker, and then Ned goes nuts and becomes the Hobgoblin. Oh, really? Yeah. Is Ned the Hobgoblin? Yep. Like, the main Hobgoblin? Yeah. I know that just seems like a silly question, but Not the Green of... Goblin, no, but no, the no, Hobgoblin. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. I don't know anything about the he Hobgoblin. He was told by J. Jonah Jameson to go be the Hobgoblin, and he was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna kill Peter Parker. Interesting. I didn't know that. Or Spider-Man, whatever. Anyway, uh, he said, here's something about the movie that didn't run true. Peter Parker in the comics was unrelentingly unpopular and could never have gotten a date with the prettiest girl in school. It seemed to me that the date was breaking character simply to set up for the reveal about her father. But that's just a detail. You know, it could feel that way, but it felt, personally, it felt like it was organic enough and it was earned enough to to warrant them going with the date and like going through with going on the date to homecoming. I also would say I don't I, I she's pretty in the movie. Liz is a pretty girl. Yeah. But I don't think they were trying to get at that she was the most popular girl in school. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were. She had all these things that she was doing. She was homecoming committee, she's the leader of the debate team or whatever. None it was. of those sound like the, the most Decathlon. popular girl in school. The, the, it the, is a school for science and technology. I agree. But nonetheless, academic decathlon, homecoming committee. Now homecoming queen, you got you got you're saying something. But homecoming committee, that's like a bunch of people that want to draw on posters. She's that, surrounded by a a gaggle of women. Sure. Women, sure. A gaggle of young girls. It's just I don't I, we don't we don't know the full social strata of their of their high school, but it, I think like the the fact that it was a it was a school for gifted students, um, and gifted youngsters. Yes, um, <laughs> that, not quite there, not quite there. I think because of that, you got you got a different vibe. And and she said it herself; she hadn't been at she hadn't had time to think about getting a date. And I think maybe, the but po- he said, "I'm sure that everybody's asked you, right." 
just mm, I, I, I think the point was she saw something in him. So, because no matter what we want to say about Peter Parker being a super nerd, he's also been had every female in the comic book is also a love interest of Peter Parker's. So, say he's a nerd, a nerd, an unrelenting nerd, all you want. Uh, it's true, unrelenting, unpopular. I think is what yeah. unrelentingly unpopular. I think is what Jeffrey said. Uh, but he also every girl is eventually a love interest. So he ain't something's working for him. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Now, geek, uh, geek's in, you know. Nerds, like, nerds the thing now. Yeah. Every girl, every girl that is mentioned in this movie is like, oh, she's a future love interest of Peter Parker's. Oh, she is too. Like, yeah. like yeah. yeah, because Peter Parker's, you know, he's got something going on for he's, him. He's like a beach boy, you know. A beach boy? Yeah. Round, round, get around. I, I get, get around. around yeah. yeah, get around. <laughs> I get around. <laughs> That's good. I like it. That's good. Thank you for just like going with that yeah, for man. me. You got it. <laughs> Jeffrey James continues saying, sorry for over commenting, but I forgot something. Spoilers! For me, the funniest thing about the Captain America public service announcements in both places is that it's all too easy to imagine the backstory. Obviously, doing PSAs isn't part of the usual Avengers duty, so what must have happened is that somebody approached Cap with a could you do this for the kids pitch? Again, Cap probably wouldn't have had a PR person to fend off such requests, so he naturally agreed, and, as you might expect, immediately reverted to the cornball character that he played in the USO troop in World War II. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. totally checks out. I'm pretty sure that's what I said that that he had done, or that had happened to make him do that, is, like, that was right after the, you know, the battle for New York, and, um, and... Everybody's like, oh my god, Cap's back. He's this great, iconic character or whatever. Like, please, Mr. Cap, Mr. Rogers, Captain, please do this for the yeah. kids. And he's just like, well, if it's for the kids. Oh, <laughs> well, I gotta. Well, shucks. You know, that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, Nora Med said to his great movie, definitely my favorite Spider-Man. Loved the villain, too. The whole story was so personal and small-scaled, and I loved that. It's just about your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Smiley face emoji. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's actually something I really wanted to touch on. Um, talking about it being uh, l- low stakes, small. Um, I don't know about low stakes, but definitely small stakes. It's definitely smaller stakes than the vast majority of what's been going on lately. You know, it's not, it's no Ultron, but whatever. Yeah, it's no, it's no like about to drop a city or whatever. <laughs> it's no portal in the sky kind of movie. Right. Um, it's a plane. It's literally just like, hey, these guys are going to hijack a plane. That could be dangerous later. Uh, normally, that's the beginning of an Avengers movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's the beginning. Someone steals some technology. Then that's the beginning of the plan that leads to the big portal in the sky. But in this, it was just, that's the end. That's the end. That, that's what I, what, what I think is really amazing about this movie is that Spider-Man is afraid of heights. <laughs> and hear me out. Like, yes, he gets on a plane at the end, which is crazy, uh, but when he's on the Washington Monument and he looks down and has that, like, vertigo effect. Yep. Dude, in IMAX 3D, that was scary. It was. But what, what's amazing, and, and that's the thing, guts. they're making us empathize for this young 15-year-old who, for the first time, is up that high. Now, the Spider-Man we all have known, and the Spider-Man that's been in these other movies, the Tobey Maguire's and the Andrew Garfield's, 
he starts out as soon as we know he has powers he tests them out a little bit and then he's just up in the skyscraper swinging around yeah he's in like manhattan exactly and, and like the big parts the big buildings of new york swinging around but our spider-man's in queens and much shorter buildings queens is a lot smaller much shorter buildings swinging around in his neighborhood and running around houses and stuff like that um i think we're going to see him progress and get get more used to heights, but I think the idea that our Spider-Man is currently afraid of heights is amazing. Uh, <laughs> it, like it, we've we've talked a lot about trying to lower the stakes and bring it back to the back to ground level. This movie does that in such a real way because it literally you've got a Spider-Man who <laughs> literally forces him onto the ground. Yeah. Now at the end, of course, he's on a plane. Yeah, but. I think that's the beginning of him getting used to this idea of being this hero that could go up and do these crazy things. And I think we're going to feel those stakes. The first time he jumps off a skyscraper, it's going to be, oh my gosh, this is actually scary. Like, yeah. this is a 16-year-old kid who's actually frightened of this this height. And I, lo- I loved that. I thought <laughs> well, that was really cool. To be fair, the Washington Monument is 555 feet tall. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's 55 and a half stories. That's pretty freaking tall. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think that's a, not as tall as Manhattan buildings. You know what I mean? Like, no, that, yeah, that's my, that's my point. It's, it's just, true. He's just getting used to those heights. Instead of just being like, montage, montage, tries out his webs, suddenly he's on skyscrapers. It's like... Fighting Doc Ock. Exactly. Like, <laughs> what? This is, Where did this come from? This is way more down to earth, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that they, they actually had him... They, we talked about this on Breaking the Panel this week. They had him find out his biggest adversary was not any one person. It was gravity. <laughs> and when he's out in the suburbs, there are no tall buildings to swing through. He shoots his web and is just like, oh, uh, that didn't hit anything. Yeah, that was a, that was a super fun. And it's funny. He was on fun a driving moment. range when he did that. Right. So it's like that callback to like, how far can your web shoot? Yeah. He's like, well, let me find out. <laughs> Yeah, that was super funny. It was, and so like you know, gravity happened, and he had to he had to book it through through the sprinklers. <laughs> oh man! Anyway, Mickey Dundee said to us uh, straight into my top three MCU films. You know what? Me too. Uh, I've only one minor criticism of the film, and that is in Civil War, Spidey deals with Bucky and Falcon, then holds his own against Cap. Then in Homecoming, it seems like he's forgotten some Spidey basics and makes a few mistakes, jumping and swinging, etc. Hmm. You know, maybe, but he wasn't doing a lot of swinging in Captain America. I mean, War. he swings through the whole airport interior, and and there's 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 a good bit of swinging that goes on. But I I wouldn't say there's too much. Uh, a lot of the stuff he's relearning in this movie is how to deal with his new suit and new powers. Like yeah, well, it's new I suit and powers a, back in his old you know. Like exactly, I'm back in life now. Well, it's it most mostly. Uh, there's definitely a few moments where he like makes mistakes, and I wouldn't say that in in Civil War he does seem kind of flawless. He seems like a pretty polished Spider-Man, uh, but most of the real like problems that he has are problems with the tech, like trying to figure out like he shoots and then the webs split in two. And he's like, what? Yeah. no, no, I don't need that web right now. I need this web. Um, Rapid fire is the default for battle mode. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, I think that, uh, I think that he, uh, is, 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 is pretty good at the basics still at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's not until they unlock his extra powers with his suit <laughs> that he's like, oh, this is harder than I thought. Well, in the, in the montage where he was, you know, being after school Spider-Man, he, he hit that one building, just face planted and like skipped across the top of it yeah. and then stood up and was like, I'm okay. Nobody's yeah. watching. Nobody cares. Oh yeah. No, there, there definitely were a few mistakes in the beginning and I, I yeah. thought those were fun. Yeah. I, that's like, I don't think he's good at swinging in buildings yet. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm getting at is that yeah. he wasn't swinging in the airport. Right. Like he was, he was kind of doing like point A to point B, like direct lines. That's true. He does a lot of jumping from one thing to the other jumping, and like sticking. Like, and you know, he would, he would uh, grab the web on one thing and then make that thing be his, his, anchor or whatever his anchor for this one move that he needed to do instead of like swinging to a place going that way yeah it's like the traveling is something he's got to get used to yeah yeah he's not used to traveling by web <laughs> and it was said in uh, in spider-man homecoming uh when he was telling tony that like i held my own against cap and he was like he was going easy on you yeah if cap wanted to lay you out he would have so I think I don't I don't know I don't really think that he was holding his own against Cap so much as Cap was going you know this is this is another hero he's he seems like a good guy I'm just kind of gonna stagger him and make him hold this up while I run away yeah he wasn't Cap wasn't fighting all crazy anyway uh, Mark Margo said to us spoilers I think there was a missed opportunity at the end of the movie to have Tony showcase the original Iron Spider suit as the offer for Peter to join the Avengers. You know, if they had done the original Iron Spider with those big three, like the three big, like crazy mechanical legs, like that would have looked really cool, but I don't think that that would have fit with what Tony does and knows about Peter just yet. I think, I think it's not quite time for Iron Spider. Yeah, and you know what? The thing is that it, the suit did look a lot like Iron Spider. It it, it looked a lot to like make, it. It seemed to make calls to it. Yeah, um, it just didn't have the big legs, but those could easily just be on a backpack on the back that like fold out. You know? Yeah, they could be. Um, it, it's very possible. I you know it was it wasn't the same color scheme, but then again, the Iron Spider was very much like it was I, it Tony like, Stark's colors. Yeah, wasn't the Iron Spider? The, wasn't it sort of? Uh, I mean, in the, in the movie. The second suit, not the Iron Spider, whatever, uh, whatever they want to call it, wasn't it sort of a red and yellow? The one that he turned down? Yeah, I thought it, it was, was kind of black red and with red and yellow. Right, right, right. It was mainly black though. Okay. Yeah, it's hard because I don't have an image of it, and I, I've seen it the once. It's burned it in my mind. Uh, so, Freddy Costa said to us, "Amazing and spectacular. Lots of cool references and Easter eggs." You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, Dustin Small said. I'm super interested in the fact, uh, with Tony being basically the face of the Accords, that it was never brought up of who is Spider-Man. I can only assume Iron Daddy is trying to protect Peter, and that will likely be a future plot point. I don't think any of our street-level heroes have dealt with the Accords yet, either. Yeah, I don't think they have, really. And I do think it's odd that the Accords are mentioned in the movie, but not by any of the plot points. I do think it's strange that... uh, I don't know. It's it, I, I, I can only assume the same as the Iron Daddy is protecting him. <laughs> well, if you remember in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it was never like a public register of superheroes. And even in the comics, it wasn't a public register. Right. It was, they had to register, and then that went into a database. And the main thing is that if they go into a database, then bad guys hack them. 
bad guys hack databases all the time. Right. And that information being available on some sort of digital scale is going to make it available to leak to the public. But it wasn't a publicly accessible easily, like, hey, this is our hero for the week yeah. that is signing up kind of well, thing. Well, it's just... Who do you trust with that information? Yeah. So, and and obviously Spider-Man doesn't want anyone else to have that information. But it's got to it's got to come to a head eventually. Yeah. I think that Civil War 2 is a possible movie. <laughs> uh, given that the the cords are still in place, although I think after whatever happens in Infinity War, I think I think maybe the Avengers might win some uh credibility with the public maybe yeah maybe God, let's hope let's hope <laughs> uh michael caps says to us on facebook the movie started right after the first avengers and then fast forwarded eight years but avengers was in 2012 so does that mean this movie took place in 2020 more timeline questions i think i think it does and i think we discussed it earlier but or yesterday but i think uh I think this movie is in 2020. Yeah. I think that's we'll what have we, have to, to, we have to think. We'll have to find out more on that, because there seems to be a lot of news articles on that, too. Like, if you search for Spidey, like Spider-Man Homecoming timeline, right. it'll be like 40 articles that are like, <laughs> Spider-Man broke the Mars timeline. Ah, it's so bad. Why? Yeah, it, it depends on what they said about like Civil War. Like, if Civil War happened... Like in 2017 or something, then like, yeah, that messes it all up. But yeah. uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeffrey James said to us, if I understand the Accords correctly, you can have an identity that is secret from the public, but not from the government. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the list, including identities, was leaked to the Watchdogs. So I think it's safe to say that Peter is already registered. In fact, I don't believe he would have been on Team Tony in Civil War had he not been willing to register. The Defenders are another question. In the Civil War comics, those four heroes are originally on Team Cap, but Jessica and Luke eventually convert to Team Tony in order to protect their infant child. That, that, I remember reading that book. It's rough. It is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. You, uh, you answered that question. You answered the question <laughs> that I already answered. I'm glad we're on the same page. Same name, same page. You know how it goes. Um, it's like we're Twinkies. So Christian Fuentes said to us, uh, semi-spoilers slash Easter egg, the old suit is basically the Scarlet Spider uniform with the colors reversed. Ah, like the old suit. Which old suit does he mean? The one where it looks like it's a hoodie, uh, like snipped up hoodie and the the glasses that are really crazy goggles. Oh, Scarlet one, Spider, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, the, the what was it, when, <laughs> when Tony held him up and was like, can you even see in these? Lordy! Yeah. I I guess I don't really remember what the Scarlet Spider looked like, but that's okay. It's okay. I'm I'm. Bad. It was one of those comics things. Yeah, one of those comics things that Matt doesn't know about. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but it's okay. Uh, Brian V. Klein said to us, "What a fun movie! I thought it blended the humor, high school plot, and superhero elements perfectly." You are correct in thinking that because that's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roland Saint Laurent said to us, uh, "Spoilery thoughts on Homecoming." How great is it that we got a Spider-Man film where the majority of the time he's actually learning how to use his skills and is screwing the pooch more often than not? What I loved is that we as an audience know how strong Spider-Man is, and he already has an idea of this himself, but the film does a brilliant job of showing him being vulnerable and constantly at risk, to the point where we're actually worried that he might not make it, even though we know damn well that he will. In Spider-Man 2, during the train scene, someone says, he's just a kid, no older than my son. In this film, you feel that throughout, and the parent in me was constantly thinking, Christ, be careful, in spite of myself. (laughs) 
Another interesting aspect of this film is that it also shows how shrewd Tony was when he brought him along to fight against Team Cap in Civil War. At the time, it felt irresponsible as hell, and it still does. But in this film, he affirms that they were pulling their punches against him because they knew he was a kid. That's mighty fucked up on Tony's part, even though it's a pretty damn brilliant move. Well, I think they knew they knew he was a kid, but they also knew that everyone they were fighting was a hero. Yeah. And no one was there to... To kill anyone else. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, someone did end up, br- like, breaking their spine or whatever. Yeah. Getting a spinal injury. Mm-hmm. Um, From an accident. Yeah. And no, actually, there was there was one person that was there to kill somebody else, and that was Black Panther. That's right. That's true. Move, Captain. Yeah. Oh, God. I really so like Black good. Panther. Well, Carrie McKellar said to us on Facebook, Spider-Man Homecoming, love it. Had a few doubts about Keaton being a villain, giving my age away as he was the first actor I saw as Batman, but he was great. My mom also said that leave it up to Tony Stark to make the suit's AI a woman. Uh, just a quick question. If the gun was made from a part of Ultron and the core explode, or the core, uh, the explodey thing from Aliens, they were mashing up parts from both of the Avengers movies? Uh, and the Marvel Studio banner is new to this movie, right? Thanks a bunch. I think the stu- new studio banner started in Civil War, or was it Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange is actually okay. where it started. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, they're they're mashing up all kinds of alien tech, and I love that there's just people in the world picking up this technology that is spread across the streets, and they're putting it together in different ways to make new things. Yep. And uh, I love that people are learning to use it. I just think that's that's cool that not just the fitzes of the world. But like, well, they had done something like that in one of the one shots, um, item forty seven. Well, they just picked it up and used. Yeah, it. they picked it up and he kind of he kind of fixed it to oh, to work he? with his hand because mm. it was like you know it could only react to alien DNA oh, right, or something right, like right, that. Right, right. Or, or yeah, yeah, he had to create a trigger or something. Yeah, um, yeah, cool. He had to modify it, and then he became uh, an agent and you know was working with them. But he was brought in by Sitwell, so he's obviously Hydra. Totally Hydra. <laughs> I mean, he was a bank robber to begin with. Not a good guy. That's a Hydra agent. Clearly a Hydra agent. Like, who does that? Clearly. Clearly. What a jerk. Uh, Jordan Olsen said to us, Hey guys, feedback about Spider-Man Homecoming. While watching the movie, I felt like I could sense some of Sony's influence on the film. The language choice, blatant Audi advertisement, etc. Not that it was bad, but it did get me thinking about the Sony slash Marvel deal and what sort of negotiations they must have gone through on this movie. I can imagine execs at Sony dealing with this like it's a hostage negotiation of, well, we'll give you Spider-Man, but only if you promise that RDJ will be in our movie. And throwing Gwyneth Paltrow! <laughs> I, don't, I don't know much of anything about the deals they made, but do you think Sony did anything that felt like asking too much from Marvel? How do you think the movie would have turned out differently if Marvel had full creative control of the film? Also, just a side note, Karen was my favorite character in the film. I could have listened to her and Peter talk for the entire film and been totally fine. So oh, funny. that's fun. That's super fun. I like Jennifer Connelly's voice, too. Yeah. You know you know what's fun about that? Karen being the computer in Spongebob? No. Well, that's funny. But <laughs> uh, Jennifer Connelly... Is married to Paul Bettany. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so she the is. AI is nice. Yeah. Good call. That's I just heard that on something. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like the. That's right, right. I'm not like totally making that up. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> super fun. Ah, that's great. Yeah. Confirmed. <laughs> 
Google confirms. Google confirms. Um, yeah, yeah. That's super The AI fun. are married. Yeah, the we AI can make are them married kiss. And it, yeah, and I wonder if they'll ever bring her into the real world. I'm like, <gasps> like uh, Vision needs a spouse. <laughs> uh, he does. It's Wanda. <laughs> well. They could go with Jocasta, though. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that could be a thing. No, I think that's super fun that they made the spouses the two. It's like, it's like hey, uh, honey, they have this new job opening down at the, down at the plant. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of my old job, um, but we could we could get you in on this. No, yeah. at the at the old Marvel movie plant. No, 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 no. It's they're making a new plant, and there's a there's a position opening up doing exactly what I'm doing over there. Do you, yeah, you think you might want to do that? You want, you want my old uh, the job that I do? Yeah, yeah, we could we could talk about how similar our jobs are. Yeah, super fun. <laughs> I think it's, that's that's a fun little Easter egg almost. Yeah, um, can't really talk about the Sony Marvel deal. You know, we weren't in the room. Um, the Audi advertisement, though, I think, I, you know, I noticed a, a big, like, Audi presence in the Iron Man movie. Like, the oh, yeah? first Iron Man movie. Like, that was, I mean, I don't, I never noticed that stuff. Those were the cars he was driving. I was like, oh, right. my goodness, that is quite I mean, the car. They're, they're fancy cars. He's a fancy man. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't have any. Seems like what Tony Stark would drive. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> like, it never, it never bothers me in a movie for a character to use a product. Yeah. Well, that's also what Flash Thompson was driving. And it seems like, uh, okay. it seems like every electronic in a Sony movie is made by Sony. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It, it's funny, though, because in Marvel movies, they're probably not. Maybe that's the deal. Maybe that's part of the deal they made. They were like, also, you got to have, start having Sony electronics in your movies. And they're just like, no. But they're going to do it, but it's going to be like someone's using like a Sony Walkman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like just old school stuff. Well, Star-Lord has a Walkman. Yeah, he does. He did. Well, yeah, you're right. He did. Now he's got a Zoom. It's so funny. I can't <laughs> cannot wait to hear what's on that Zune. Right. I really, really cannot wait. Oh man. I want it to be modern music. Like three hundred re- songs? <laughs> As a person who loves and does music for a living, like I just am excited for Star Lord, like having that all that music. <laughs> I, after I'm excited having, that you get to branch out. He's had thirty songs for his whole life. <laughs> Like 15 for half his life, and they just got 15 more a year ago, and now he has 300 songs. He's like, I can't deal with this. Where are my 30? Where and are my 30? so funny, because now we can have thousands, and it's just the reaction of his 300 songs. It's so yeah, good. Um, there was a, there was a, a Facebook comment, I think, by James Gunn. Like Somebody had asked, like, are you already working on the, the uh, soundtrack for the next one? He's like, yeah, I got it whittled down to like 600 songs. <laughs> Still working on it. <laughs> That's funny. It was some arbitrarily large number for a right. thing, but it was really funny. Uh, let's see. Next up, Thanos said to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, just got myself a new MCU favorite. Hashtag best Spidey ever. Hashtag Spider-Man Homecoming. Upside down, upside down Spider-Man emoji. Hashtag MCU. <laughs> nice. That was really hard to say. I'm glad Thanos liked it. <laughs> um, I really... Uh, I, I know I know. we just read another piece of feedback, and it was all praise, but I just want to go back to what we were talking about before. So he's got it narrowed down to 600 songs. He's got a Zune now. It could be songs from any time period. I'm so excited about like yep. him listening to like Pretty Fly for a White Guy while oh he's like God. while he's like beating up whatever. Like that just sounds like so much fun. I'm just just random random, random like 
current music. It no longer even has to conform to his mom's musical taste. It can just be anything. Uh, just I want to find out whose Zune it is too. Like I want him to like. I don't know. I just want to know who, because that's honestly, I love the idea of him having modern music, but part of the, part of the wonder of the mixtapes has been, those are his moms. Yeah. It is kind of sad to lose that, you know? I Um, want him to have his mom, like a picture of his mom as the background on his Zoom. Yeah. It'd be good, except I don't know that he connected to anything at this point in space. <laughs> he could try. I mean, how did he get the songs off there? Well, it, it came it, with it. I think it's just whatever the the, the Zune already had on it. That's what's, <laughs> uh, that's what's funny. Yeah. I want there to be, like... I, I want him listening to Salt and Pepper. Right? You yeah. Know? Ah, push it. Um, yeah, I, I just want, like, I want all, I just, I'm so excited for, like, Star-Lord to be, like, entering a battle to hip-hop. Like, that'll just be yes. awesome. It's gonna, it's gonna be a totally different kind of movie, but uh, it's, you know, it just sounds awesome. I'm pretty sure, I'm gonna go ahead and assume here that uh, T'Challa does not listen to Run the Jewels, even though Run the Jewels was the music for the trailer for Black I don't know, Panther. I don't know why not. <laughs> I mean... I'm just going to assume from being from Wakanda and a king, like he doesn't have time for that kind of shit, but maybe he does, but I really want him to, to actually have been listening to it and then introduce Peter to it and be like, Oh, you like that? <laughs> Check this out. Listen to run the jewels. Yeah. And he's just like, Oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> anyway. All right. So stealing the remote said to us on Twitter, have to admit, I actually enjoyed hashtag Spider-Man homecoming upside down Spider-Man emoji. More last night than I did. Hashtag Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman emoji. Ooh, at MCU cast. Oh. Goodness gracious. Let's not start a war. Let's yeah. just Let's just be happy that we have great superhero movies. Yes, yeah, we got great superhero movies. all over the place. On both sides. Both sides of the aisle. Like they're, <laughs> like they're Democrats and Republicans or something. Like, <laughs> what? No. Let's just be happy that everybody's getting good movies now. Yeah. And they and they are. I, I I think he said he enjoyed it more, and I think that like Spider Man Homecoming is it's a I think, different kind of movie. It's just more enjoyable. Like as much wow. as I like, I do. I mean, I, I like Wonder Woman a lot, but I do, I'm not as driven to go back and see it. It's like we've talked about. There's a difference between have being a great movie and being a fun movie. Right. It's like the the Nolan trilogy, for instance. Like those are great movies, except the third one is atrocious but <laughs> the the dark knight is a great movie but it's i don't it's not fun it's not it hurts it physically and emotionally drains me to watch that movie even though i love it so much yeah and the, the joker's kind of fun uh but even he's so dark that it's just uh-huh. hard to it's really hard to watch that over and over. Uh, whereas Spider-Man, you're like, man, that's popcorn. That's fun. That's I, I could see that all day. I did have a large bucket of popcorn. There you go. While we were watching it. Chris Resist said to us on Twitter, Adam, you cast, just listen to the podcast. The part when all the rubble is on him is straight from one of the best early Spider-Man arcs. Loved it. He's talking about straight out of the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he sent he sent a Yeah, he sent some pictures with it, yeah. Uh, of, of, of that that moment and it totally is it's, it's totally straight out of early comics straight books. up out of out of the comics and that is a really cool uh really cool little reference and i am very happy that we got those comic images sent to us even if it wasn't a real comic book 
<laughs> yeah. Because it made me interested. I was like, what What? What story is that? I'm like, I want to go find out now. And so I went hunting that story so I could read it. Yeah. And I haven't been able to find it. I haven't been able to find the whole thing. Oh, I found well. those... I found a lot of the images around it, which, you know, kind of just says, like, oh, I gotta go help May, because May's dying of some sort of something. <laughs> like, he had to get a vaccine or a cure or antidote or something like that right. for her. So, you, you get the gist of it. Yeah, it's totally. standard Marvel fare. But it was a really great comic look. You know, with the water pouring on his head, the rubble on him. Even the, the box that was on top of him in the movie looked similar to the box that he was lifting <laughs> in yeah, the comic panel. I just thought it was rad that they uh, that they were in there. They like were pulling from an old book like that. Yeah, That's they, real cool. they went so close to the source material. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Robbins said to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, can we speculate the timeline of hashtag Spider-Man Homecoming up side down Spider-Man emoji question mark? <laughs> Okay, you can stop reading the upside no, down Spider-Man. Emoji. I cannot. It makes it kind of hard to understand the sentence when you interrupt it with an upside down Spider-Man emoji. We'll tell them to stop. No. Avengers May 2012. Tombs cleanup July 2012. Eight years later, July 2020. Does that put hashtag Spider-Man emoji upside down Spider-Man? Oh God. <laughs> I'm blending it all together. Okay, does that put hashtag Spider-Man Homecoming in 2020 and Civil War in 2019 or 2020? Like, did Kevin Feige fix the Doctor Strange continuity issue? All I want to see now is Matt Murdock as Adrian Toomes' defense lawyer. Yeah. I don't think Matt Murdock would do that. I think he knows he's a bad guy. Well, I mean, he might. No, 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 no. You gotta have have Wilson Fisk's lawyer. (laughs) I mean, they're at the end, though. We, we we were not sure what his motivation is. We've talked about it a lot, but is he is he kind of changed a little bit by the by this? Uh, you know, I could see like Liz going to Matt Murdock and asking her to like, you know, uh, defend her father. You know, do they even know who he is? Well, no, but they look look up a lawyer. I don't know. We don't know how rich she is or anything. She may need you know a defense lawyer that she can't afford. Well. She did say that Dad doesn't want us here for the trial, so we're moving to Oregon or something. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's She's not going to be around. Actually, yeah, they probably are pretty well off because he's been doing. Did you see the, their house? Doing a lot of the, windows. Yeah, a lot of windows. That means <laughs> that means wealthy. Um, no, I just think like they, he's been doing this uh, thieving and vulturing all this time. Probably pretty lucrative, right? You would think. You'd think. I mean, they can cut open ATMs and just take the money. Well, that's not them. That's like. They do that. They leave that to other people. So it's the criminals have to pay them. Yeah, that wasn't them. That was some criminals that had their tech. No, that was the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just the tech, and then they follow it back to the source and okay. finds out their tech. Okay. That yeah that okay yeah that makes more sense. God, I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that it was his crew that was just like yeah we make weapons and then occasionally rob ATMs. <laughs> like, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense, guys. You're just using it out in the open, and that's not a great idea. Yeah, no, no, not what happened. Uh, Mike at make Mike. Mm. I'm assuming he's from Manchester. Uh, said to us on Twitter, just seen Spidey, and it took me back to a kid growing up wanting to be a superhero. Props to Ned. All best superheroes have sidekicks. Yeah, Ned was a big part of what made this movie the man fun. man in the chair! I think a big part of what made this movie fun, in general, is something that... Is they, the characters were having fun? They learned from Iron Man that you need your superhero to have someone to talk to. Yeah. And they in, in Iron Man, they gave him... Uh, Jarvis. Jarvis. 
which ga- gave him someone to just spitball ideas off of. And when they wanted to put Spider-Man in this movie, they had to do something. Yeah. And that's what they did. And I think uh, they, they gave him not only an AI, but they also gave him a Ned. <laughs> and so he had plenty of people to bounce ideas off of and to, you know, those things in comic books where you can have them in thought bubbles, you can't do that in a movie. Yeah. Um, so that, I think that was rad. Good decisions. You know what movie you could thought bubble with? What's that? Deadpool. You could. You could. <laughs> uh, Mike also said to us, Adams, you cast Spider-Man singer is reminiscent of Ferris Bueller. Hashtag troll. <laughs> Absolutely was. It very much was. Uh, it also, you know, that's funny because that also is reminiscent of, uh, Deadpool, uh, which literally t- stole the Ferris Bueller ending. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's kind of fun. And this movie had a Ferris Bueller scene in it as well. Yeah, and he ran past going, great movie! I said that when he was running through the fields, I leaned over and was like, hey, it's a, this is so Ferris Bueller. And then it showed Ferris Bueller on the screen. I was like, <laughs> yes! I feel justified! <laughs> Confirmed! I thought they were going for that, and they were. Yo. Super fun. Confirmed for me. Thank you. Uh, Nerdy Tastic said to us at MCU cast, Did you see the blink and you miss it moment when Vulture was silhouetted against the moon with his full wings spread? I thought it was a nice callback to Keaton's former Batman past without it being heavy handed. I, that's beautiful. I did not see it, but there is a great moment. And you know, you know what I'm talking about in 1988 Batman? When the Batwing, I think it's in the first one. It might be in the sequel. Because I don't, yeah, no, it's in the first one. He goes straight up. And he literally makes the bat symbol <laughs> with the moon, like the circle of the moon, and the yep. ba- and the uh, and the bat wing like flies into it, and then it like goes back down. Um, I think that was in the sequel. Oops, sorry, I thought it was in the first one when he's getting the Joker balloons. But either way, uh, oh yeah, no, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it he, was. He picks up all the Joker balloons and takes them off into the air, and then he releases them, and then the bat wing like forms the bat symbol yep uh so yeah no i didn't notice that but i'm super glad she pointed that out because i'm gonna look for that gotta look for that when you go to watch it again yeah that's awesome <laughs> yoda hugh said to us that mcu cast hashtag spider-man homecoming what a fantastic film so much fun heart and humor i want to see it again already well go then yeah, do it won't you do it i dare you do it yoda hugh do it yoda hugh <laughs> uh randy rathamel said to us that mcu cast loved Spider emoji man. However, no way it keeps the top spot for more than its first week. With 50% drop, it will fall below Apes Projections. The War for the Planet War of the Apes the is what he's talking about. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's it. I, I worry that it's going to drop out of the top spot from that and then not come back. Like, not bounce back. Right. And, you know, that might hurt it in the long run. That might bring it down into the, like, 750 to 800 range. Um, I still think that it's going to get above 850. Yeah. I want it to get 9 to 950. Um, that's my super hopeful projection is 9 to 950. I'm going to say a billion. Okay. I'm just going to go for it. Okay. I think it's going to cross a billion. And i not saying that because I think I just seeing the trend of how many people went to see it during the week this week, I just think that bodes for a lot of rewatching and it bodes for a lot of people seeing it, you know. In the coming weeks, because it's going to be the most fun movie in the movie theater for a while, and True. it's going to be a movie kids want to go see over and over. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to get more traction. And I'm going to want to see go see over and over. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to make it past that billion mark by myself, right? I'm going to just throw money at it. 
Uh, let's see. Greg was talking about the engagement ring. Um, looks like this was an email. Tony Stark is going to die or get stuck in another dimension or something super tragic. <laughs> You're absorbed in the beautiful and funny moment, but that sealed it for me. If you know anything about storytelling, that totally seals it for me. Chime in, guys. <laughs> well, I think uh, that's pretty close to true. Uh, it, it depends on the kind of story you're telling, but a lot of times when you see a, gr- a characters finally get together, yeah, it's the end for them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's the end for one of them or both of them. I mean, The Walking Dead is a great example of that. Uh, every time every time a character seems happy, I'm like, oh, you did it now. Now you've done it. You've done it. <laughs> um, well, we've talked to either the agents of Shield. Every time Fitz and Simmons seem to really be clicking and getting oh. things together, we're like, oh. Fitz is going to get another brain injury. (laughs) That brain can't take too many more injuries. Right. He's going to lose it here soon. (laughs) But no, I think he's going to jump out and run away. I I think it's very possible. Although the fact that they introduced it in this movie makes it less likely to me. Because this movie is so fun and childlike? No, it's because it's the end of the movie. If you started a movie with they're in a great place and it's happy... Uh, which I guess the next movie might start that way. Uh, but the, the truth, truth be told, that may be the last time we ever see Gwyneth Paltrow again. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. Well, I mean, at the end of Iron Man 2, they got together finally. They looked like two seals fighting over a grape. And then uh, in right. Iron Man 3, they went through some hell. And then they got together in the end. Yeah. But uh, I guess she's just come to terms with his Iron Man-ness. Let's hope. I hope so. She needs to get over it. Agreed. It's just how it's going to be. <laughs> Uh, Joe sent us an email said, Hey guys, saw Homecoming last night and absolutely loved it! Two exclamation marks. Just had two complaints. First, I don't know if it's just me, but I really wish they would have left the part where Tony tells Peter he didn't deserve the suit out of the trailers. That was a great scene. Uh, second, on an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., whenever the bad guys or the main cast would come in contact with any of the Chitari weapons or armor, they would eventually explode. I know the show and movies are not super connected, but they kind of are. I... Just couldn't stop thinking about that. Thanks, guys, for the awesome podcast. Joe. Hmm. I, I totally agree that I wish you they'd left that scene. I don't know who... I know so you, want, you want to see Iron Man in the movie. Like, they want to show Iron Man in the trailer. I get that. But why show that scene? Just show him in the car scene. That's all they needed in the trailer. Yeah. That's all they needed to show everyone, hey, look, Tony Stark's in this movie. Come see it. Um, but man, him, him taking the suit away should have been a surprise. I'm glad they didn't tell us about the vulture. That's the, the, the vulture parentage is the one big thing they kept in a secret. And it was the, the big reveal. And it's the one that made me not breathe. Yeah. It was amazing. My heart stopped, but I wish I could have had that experience. You know, him taking the suit away, uh, tone, even the, the, the ship even being cut in half would have been so much more interesting had I not known about it, <laughs> you know, yeah, the yeah. fact that I was really surprised it was uh, Peter's fault. Yeah, the way that it was, you couldn't get the you couldn't. Well, in in the trailer, it looked like Vulture did something and it like blew the ship apart, and he was just like, ah, mustache yeah. twirl, got to save these people, and you can't come after me, man. Yeah, totally. But with uh, if they had left that out of the trailer, if they left him like holding the two halves together, like trying to pull them together just by sheer force of will and right. bicep strength, if they had left that out, we wouldn't have awesome memes of him holding Sony and Marvel together. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see that. That's oh, funny. those were great. That's funny. And uh, like that 
<laughs> the way that that looked with him having like four or five webs in each hand and they you know it all branches off like a cone in one direction and cone in the other direction it makes me think of that's how the marvel and sony universes are going to be with him in the middle it's like you know you get your avengers on one side he can interact with them but then you on the other side you've got venom and spider gwen and mysterio yeah. and craven and all of them and he can interact with them but they can't pass him yeah <laughs> can't go to the other side uh let's see matthew westfox said to us spidey was so good i loved your review show it had two quick questions i'd love to hear your thoughts on one so spidey decides not to join the avengers because he wants to protect his neighborhood you might even say he wants to defend it (laughs) is there any chance we get spider-man and the defenders i know mcu movies and netflix rarely cross but with all five of them running around new york city it seems hard to believe their paths wouldn't cross in some way not to mention all the connections between Spidey and the Defenders, especially Daredevil in the comics. Am I nuts, or is this maybe going to be a thing? Am I the only one who started thinking about this when he turned down the Avengers and went back to New York? I don't think that you're the only one, but I doubt that it's going to happen because Sony. Yeah, I can't, I can't see Sony letting... I mean, not like, letting... Alright, we'll put him in a movie, but you don't get him in Netflix. Yeah, just... Yeah, I can't see Sony being like... Because I'm sure they have their own Netflix or like streaming properties they're trying to popularize. Yeah. I can't see them being like, hey, yeah, just borrow borrow our Spider-Man to make Daredevil popular. <laughs> right. Um, Daredevil's already right, popular. It does suck, though. It just really sucks that... I mean, just have... I want interconnectivity on every level. I do, too. I really do. It really frustrates me. It frustrates me that uh, Matthew here asked this question, and instead of sitting here going... Oh my gosh, how cool could that be? And like us speculating about how much fun it would be. I'm starting to get to the point where my mind just goes, oh, there's like a 4% chance. Yeah. And that sucks. It sucks that we have to be so negative about that. Because we don't get the interconnectivity that we were promised. If they would do it every once in a while, it would make me feel so much more excitement that it could happen. Yeah. Uh, but because they haven't done it since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season one, yeah. they haven't connected the TV to the movies. They had, you know, Maria Hill drop in. That's the last time we had a connection to the movies. Well, that I recall. Uh, maybe, um, Sif was in season two. Sif was in season two. Um, season two had. And I think Coulson was. It. Well, so Phil Coulson was holding on to. Uh, a helicarrier right, right, right. That, that Nick Fury got. But, but that, that, that had it, nothing to do with the movie people. Yeah. That was them trying to make their movie seem like it, or their show seem like it fit the movie. Right. It, they, they, the movie was written they the way pandering. it was, and they were working their show around it. Having an actor from the movies show up in a show sifts the last time we saw that. Yep. And that's a bummer. Really uh, is. So, yes, I, I think it's like a 10% chance. No, less than that. Probably like a 4% chance. But I hate that I have to say that because I want it to be true. I want it to be possible. But what's really... Uh, I don't think it is. What really sucks uh, as far as crossover like that is Alfre Woodard is in Civil War. I know. And in Luke Cage. But as she's different, different characters. Different characters. And yeah, it's like, which isn't... A, I mean, people can play two characters on a thing, but... <laughs> It's, it's, Two people it's, can look alike. It's fine. It is stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> like, come on. There, there's so many other good actors that you could have given that role to for that tiny little bit in Civil War. Oh, yeah. And, or, 
Or that could be Mariah Dillard's like big turning point of like the thing that made her so bitter yeah, is she yeah. lost a son to the Avengers. Like that, you could have done that. Yeah, you absolutely could have done that. Like, what if she had? You know, Cottonmouth went one way. He's the criminal. She had gone the other way and actually become a good politician who wasn't crooked. But then her son dying in that Avengers accident, like just sent her on a mental sent spiral. Her on a spiral that causes her to fall back into old family oh, ways. Like that would have been so good. That would have been such an amazing tragic fall. I would have liked her so much more. And the fact more. that like Luke Cage is fighting this character that is basically Tony Stark's fault, like that could have been wonderful, and it could have tied so much together. But instead, and they have all the actors right there. You've got all the parts. Yeah, you've got all the parts. Just. Put the puzzle together. Like her son could have been this representative who's like who of 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 her family's future, and that she's like he's she is the reason he is the reason she went through all the changes she did in her life to try to like get out of the like the 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 crime that her family had been involved in, and then her son dies, and then she just like loses it. Like that could have been so good, and they didn't do it. They just decided to make them different characters which i don't think they ever were going to be similar they just mm. were, they they were casting and they didn't even acknowledge the fact that they had already cast her they were just like it's a tv show this is a movie it's fine no it's not fine <laughs> it's not fine there are people like us that pick this shit apart your <sighs> super fans care yeah. and i don't i don't even care that it's one person playing the same playing different characters i just care that no thought was given to it yeah you know, unless there was it happened, thought. it happened so close together. That's the thing. It's like they were literally happening at the same time. They were the casting news came out around the same time. We were like, oh, because we got a little interested in the fact that she was in both. We were like, they're finally doing it, and then no, they're just. Eh. What if? Because what if? What if Avengers does happen in 2012? Spider-Man: Civil War happened in 2020. The eight-year difference. What if Luke Cage falls closer to the 2012 time frame and Mariah Dillard is doing her thing in the Luke Cage timeline, the 2012 era, 2013, whatever, and then... No, that still doesn't work because he was going to college. Yeah. Damn that, it. That makes sense. Uh, what's his, like, what's his uh, Matthew's second question? God. Uh, number two, Department of Damage Control sounds interesting, but isn't that S.H.I.E.L.D.'s job? Maybe not in the present day since S.H.I.E.L.D. has had so many problems, but after Avengers 1, shouldn't it be S.H.I.E.L.D. cleaning up after the attack? Yeah, I, I, it definitely should be S.H.I.E.L.D. cleaning up such things, but I think the idea of damage control is that uh, no one had ever had a had destruction on that level before yeah and i think they had to bring in construction crews and all these like extra workers and things so i think damage control is like they probably operated we don't know but they probably operated under shield i would hope but they had to uh they just needed someone they could trust to deal with like the construction and re assembly of the city (laughs) yeah Um, but, but yeah it's definitely and when they pull guns in that one scene i'm like they are shield they just are shield i don't know why yeah just seemed like a shield thing i agree uh he says as always thanks for the great insights i can't imagine going to see an mcu movie and not playing your review in the car on the way home matthew superhero ethics oh thanks matthew love you too we really appreciate you listening uh i think we have one voicemail oh yeah yeah we do here is a voicemail Hey, this is Mike in Colorado with my Spider-Man feedback. 
So, first of all, did you notice Spider-Man, when he saved Liz in the elevator, he called her Liz? So I thought they were going to come back to that, and she was going to figure out who he was because he called her by her name, but they never brought it up again. And then also, I think it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, the best movie that DC could make was Wonder Woman, and it's not even the best superhero movie out right now. Ooh. Shade is thrown. (laughs) Shade is very much thrown. The shade has been cast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's... uh, that is for sure uh, uh, sad that Spider-Man is, I think, probably going to beat out Wonder Woman. And it is the best CC movie. But I didn't notice that he called her Liz. Did you notice that? I did not. Um, and I haven't heard anyone else say it. So I don't know. I'd have to, I have to rewatch it. I'll have to check it out. Oh, no. i got to go rewatch it. Oh, no. Twist my arm. Well, guys, this has been our Spider-Man feedback episode. Thank you so much for listening. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com. Call us at 573-CAST-MCU to leave your own voicemail. Or um, if you'd like to support the show, we really appreciate all you guys who have already. Go to patreon.com slash mcucast, and you can pledge an amount. And we'll only charge the account once a week. So even if we release six episodes, you'll only get charged once for a uh, content creation. So and there's no charge for flexing. No charge for the flexing of Jeff. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Until next time, true believers.